Hello and welcome to your Active Yellow Room. I am Evie Kiori and this week we are talking about the proposed vaccine travel pass and the controversy around it. We are also dissecting the reason why the French Health Ministry is going to court. To shed some light on the latest developments on the vaccine travel pass, we are joined today by Euractiv's transport editor, Sean Golding Carroll. So, Sean, let's start from the very beginning. What is the vaccine travel pass and how did this new proposal start and what does it include in the end? There's been a lot of talk in the media and among European countries about implementing a, a vaccine travel pass. Um, it's also referred to as a vaccine passport. Um, essentially, this means that those that have received the vaccine are certified. And this certification, it proves to governments and airlines and you know other relevant authorities that you pose uh, no or a minimal COVID health risk. Um, this certification, I mean, it could be physical, but it will most likely be a digital certificate stored in an app on your phone, uh, for example. And in theory, uh, this vaccine passport or vaccine travel pass it would then entitle you uh, to travel without having to quarantine or undergo COVID testing as others that have not been uh, vaccinated would have to do. And I am just wondering how credible this app could be, considering the fact that anyone could download it and use it. That's one of the big questions. So um, essentially, there, there's a lot of discussions ongoing uh, among member states and particularly um, at the European Council, which gathers the heads of states of the EU countries. And uh, one thing they're trying to decide on is what is the criteria for this certification? Because, of course, for it to really work, for cross-border travel to resume, each country should agree on what constitutes this criteria for vaccine certification. And then it needs to be agreed that it'll be accepted if you travel to another EU country. Um, but this, this, of course, it raises a lot of questions, like uh, should those who have only received one shot instead of the recommended two be allowed to travel? Should those that have received uh, the Russian Sputnik vaccine, for example, be eligible. And as with many things uh, at the European level, there's a lot of different views among the member states. It's also important to, to point out that ultimately border management, it's chiefly a national competence. So countries, they have the right to make their own decision. Um, but the European Commission, of course, it wants a, a common approach. Now, what the Commission is trying to avoid in this case is seeing individual EU members taking initiative, something that could cause further confusion on the vaccination project. So, for example, if Greece, for let's say, was to allow in vaccinated Israeli or people from Britain and was to refuse somebody from Italy, say, um, this would kind of go against the spirit of the Schengen zone, which is supposed to you know, be borderless and allow cross-border travel. And the Commission has faced already some criticism for the delays, but also for the fact that uh, some countries, such as Slovakia, Czechia and others, are looking for individual solutions to speed up their vaccination process. So there was a, a European Council meeting recently, and after that meeting there was an agreement that there should be digital vaccine certificates. The disagreement was on how they should be used uh, specifically. The EU has said it's going to issue a digital green pass certificate uh, within the next three months, I believe. And President uh, von der Leyen has said that this will indeed facilitate travel. Definitely. And I understand that this proposal has caused some controversy among the EU members. 
because countries that are more touristic, they are eager to adopt it. But countries that don't depend on tourism that much are skeptical about it. So what could be the best solution here? Countries with large tourism sectors, they do indeed tend to be more favorable to the concept, um, you know, such as Italy, uh, Bulgaria, Portugal, Slovenia and Spain. And Greece in particular is really strongly pushing uh, for those with a vaccine certificate to be allowed to travel. Exactly. And I believe this proposal was put on the table by the Greek prime minister a couple of months ago, if I'm not wrong, with the commission being very positive about it. Exactly. So Greece has really been at the forefront of um, trying to restart travel through the so-called uh, vaccine passports. Um, but Cyprus as well has also pushed for vaccinated travelers to be allowed to forego testing and, and quarantine when moving between EU countries. And there are also countries um, that maybe, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of as uh, having the same level of tourism as some of the, the southern European countries that are pro the vaccination passports like Estonia, Finland, Denmark, Sweden, uh, Hungary and Poland as well. So there, there is, you know, quite a lot of support for this. But there are, of course, countries on the other side of the aisle that uh, aren't in favour. And notably, France isn't in favour and neither is Belgium, the Netherlands and Romania has also expressed concerns. And what is the concerning part for the countries that are not very fond of the idea? So France argues that the discussion is premature uh, until the vaccine is rolled out more broadly across the population. Um, in France, there's a big culture of egalitarianism. And uh, so they don't want a certain section privileged uh, over others. Um, because at the moment, the vaccination rate uh, within the EU is still, you know, a small percentage of the population. So uh, apart from this, they also want to see more data on transmission rates following vaccination. I think uh, Germany's position is um, somewhat nuanced. It's a bit more hard to parse exactly where they stand. So Angela Merkel has said that Germany is open to a vaccine passport, um, but she hasn't specified exactly what rights this should give you. So we talked about the position of the EU countries, but what about the airline industry? How are the companies viewing this proposal? As I said when I was uh, speaking to you the last time on your podcast, uh, airlines have been badly hit by COVID-19. Uh, the disruption to international travel caused by the pandemic has resulted in the lowest passenger levels since 1995. Um, the International Air Transport Association, IATA, they estimate that air traffic this year will only be half of that scene in 2019. So, of course, they're desperately looking for a way to restart air travel. So there is, you know, a certain level of positivity to having a, a standard agreement on allowing people to travel after they've had certain health checks. So IATA, they wrote to the European Council president, they were encouraging the EU countries to adopt a, quote, sane approach to lifting international border impositions. And they also wanted uh, each EU country to agree on the use of, uh, and I'm quoting, intra-EU digital certificates and credentials, end quote, to restart travel. They called on all the EU leaders to agree on the crucial role of secure digital solutions, such as the IATA travel pass, which is basically uh, an app that they have developed themselves. And this app, it can store details of travelers' health information. It can you know, store information about your vaccination status, your recent COVID-19 test results. So there are several airlines uh, that are currently trialing this app. Um, Emirates, which is a, a massive airline, is trial trialing it, and uh, Air New Zealand as well. 
Sean will be following this matter very closely, so do check out Euroactive.com for the latest developments and news. You are listening to Euroactive's Yellow Room, and if you want to expand your knowledge on other EU policy fields, you can listen to our Digital Brief podcast and AgriFood Brief podcast. You can find them on your favorite podcast app. And since we are talking about the vaccine, we have with us today Mathieu Pollet from Euroactive France to explain a bit better why is the French Health Ministry going to court over Dr. Lieb. So, Mathieu, what is happening exactly in France right now and what is Dr. Lieb? Could you give us some insights into how the French health system is trying to organize the vaccination process? The French government is trying to set up some sort of booking system, online booking system for, for vaccines. He called for Dr. Lieb to help it. Dr. Lieb is this kind of app that you can download when you can easily, like, book an appointment with a dentist, doctor, whatever. The main problem is that some watchdogs organizations see is that Dr. Lieb um, hosts its data, its data with the services of Amazon. Amazon being, as you may know already, a foreign company, uh, it may fall under what we call basically the Cloud Act. And the Cloud Act says that every data, no matter how, where they are hosted, it can be accessed uh, by U.S. intelligence, as it happens, okay? And this is what is very worrying for some people in France, that the health data, the very sensitive data, by definition, can be at the end of foreign intelligence. And what could that mean in practice? How can this sensitive data, indeed, uh, that is collected by this app can be abused? And what are the concerns? So the fears is we're basically dealing with a risk, mostly, right? There is no direct threat. It's just about, you know, like, like making a precedent, like saying, okay, we don't want our data to possibly um, be, I don't know, sold. Let's, let's say sold to, to companies uh, used by foreign intelligence. This, kind of, this is the kind of argument that we can see in France. And in the case that Dr. Lieb gets out of use, is there any other app or technological base that could substitute its work? Dr. Lieb was there at the moment when the government needed it. So um, Dr. Lieb is not the only one helping, uh, helping the government. There is also two other um, kind of the same tech companies, uh, but Dr. Lieb has taken the biggest, the biggest share. I think 88% of the bookings uh, on the website offered by the government is made through Dr. Lib, so you can have an idea. The two other companies are actually based on the Euro- European soil, so there are no worries for that. If Dr. Lib was chosen, it because it was the most ready one among all of them, and the one who had all the infrastructures to to be implemented very quickly. And in case that the court decides against the use of Dr. Lib, would that mean that there would be some delay regarding the vaccination process. The hearing is next week, right? It is very, very unlikely that the, the judge rule out um, this collaboration, right? He can. You must know that he can. He, he can suspend this collaboration under 48 hours and just say, okay, the government, you need to find another solution, and that's about it. But that's very unlikely given the current um, epidemic situation. 
what is probably going to happen, well, and this is what the the request the, the claimants has told me, the idea was to create jurisprudence. It's it's about making a statement just so in the future we can we can argue that that such collaboration should be avoided. The claimants are clear they're not against um, the whole process of booking online at all. They're not against it. They just want the government to favor European-based solution because it would comply more, let's say, with uh, European law when it comes to data protection. I am Evie Kiori and this was Euractiv's Yellow Room. We will be back on your feed next week. Until then, visit Euractiv.com for the latest news. And don't forget to listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Thank you very much for listening. See you soon. Bye.